This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodic. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash RT. That's audiblepodcast.com slash RT. This episode of The Patch is brought to you by Insert Coin Clothing, the home of epic gaming apparel and accessories. Get in on Black Friday deals with up to 70% off loads of awesome designs like Watch Dogs, The Last of Us, and much more. Save 15% on your purchase when you use offer code THANKSROOSTER. That's THANKSROOSTER at insertcoinclothing.com. The patch. Hey, hey, everyone! Initiate. We got Gus, Bernie, Ryan, and Gus on the patch this week. Gus is wearing a fashionable patch shirt. What, Gus? Where did you get that lovely T-shirt? Store.roosterteeth.com. Well, that's amazing. (laughs) Surely there aren't more like it. There are, and we're willing to sell them at. Really? Discounted prices. <laughs> Don't forget, holiday sale going on now, Rusty Store. <laughs> I know you hate we check our phones at work or on the set, yeah. but I just got a message that Joe the Cat has returned. Oh, Joe nice. the Cat was Successful on some kind turn. of... Like, he <laughs> went on a walkabout. Kara's, I was a little <laughs> bit late to the patch. I was, I was worried we weren't going to be able to start on time. And it was because I was trying to hunt up Joe the Cat. But now I have Joe the Cat. So I'm getting the audience up to date on something you didn't know even existed. <laughs> Dateline, Austin. <laughs> Just put a GPS in him so you always find him. I, you know, I think we're going to do that. You can get those like those That's Breaking Bad GPS devices where you just get it back and then you see where it went okay. as opposed to see where it is kind of a thing. So I would like to see where the hell he goes. Well, you, Fair enough. There have been studies and I've seen these reports where people follow or study where domestic cats go when they're outside. And people have found that lots of times, cats like that have multiple families. I believe it. Like, they'll spend time with you, and then they'll leave, and there'll be, like, another house down the street that takes care of them. And, like, they have a whole other name, this whole other life. And then they'll leave that and come back to you, and they're just splitting time. See, what you should do, though, is you should put your uh, DS on him, and he can just street pass around the neighborhood <laughs> for you. That would be awesome. <laughs> then he can just fill up my street pass queue. I feel like, as a bit of housekeeping, I should mention that this episode of The Patch is pre-recorded due to the Thanksgiving holidays. Whoa, uh, so lame. So we're Why? not going to be able to check the, the Twitter Ugh. stream. I guess we can, but you, you're going to hear this after we recorded it. Yep. So I'm, I'll check it, though. It's worth date Please on tweet it. us anyway. <laughs> I, I actually brought up the, the Twitter stream here on the iPad, so I keep track of it. I was like, this is fucking worth so um, hopefully every time we do this there's gonna be a major news breaking event that happens early oh, on yeah. wednesday or late on tuesday night and we won't be talking about of course. it so uh like, oh, playstations explode what the hell xboxes are transformers apparently. <laughs> xboxes have been killing people in their sleep <laughs> um so we'll be back live again next week uh, after the holiday so whatever <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what, what I don't know what you can do with that information. Um, so we finally have Xbox One and PS4 out. We do in North America. The consoles are head to head, and Wii U, and, and Wii U <laughs> has been out for a year. Uh, Europe is finally getting PS4 this coming Friday. Oh, cool! Twenty ninth. Gavin okay. might be able to sign into his PSN account finally. <laughs> so what is his story? Because he has a. He was complaining that. The Connect doesn't understand him because he yep. set himself up as a North American English speaker. <laughs> and he, the reason why he did that is if he set himself up as an English speaking English speaker, then he would have to use the UK store. I don't buy that. I don't, I don't buy that either. I don't think so. Because there's got to be plenty of people from the UK living in the US or people with those accents living in the US. Unless it's only tied to the, it may be the accent selection is only tied to the location. I haven't checked that. That's bullshit. I don't know. That's bullshit. You know, I should point out something too is that last week on the patch, we were talking about the PlayStation 4 because the Xbox One had not yet come out. Yeah. And we were talking about a lot of different things, a lot of different features on it. I want to make sure the audience understands that 
we get these units on the same day that you get them, and mm-hmm. we know as much as you do about them when they first come out. So yeah. when we're in the process of discovery, just like anybody else, and I, I was reading comments. I was going back and look at the patch from last week just this morning, and I was seeing people who were posting like an hour ago saying, hey, guys, the – the volume controls are oh, here yeah. and do this. You're all idiots. It's like, well, you had another five or six days mm-hmm. to figure this stuff out. We're not going to know everything right out of the box on these things. Why not? Well, give us a month, Gus, and we will know Jeez. everything. We just talk as if we know oh, yeah. everything. Apparently, Professional uh, news organization there was <laughs> uh, Sony put out a video outlining how to use voice commands, voice controls on PS4, mm-hmm. which I wasn't aware uh, that the PS4 had. Where does the, the PS4 take in you, if you have the camera, it'll take it in from there. Or if you don't have the camera, it'll take it in from the headset that they include with uh, the PS4. Oh, that's a, a cool option. Cool feature, yeah. yeah, that's a cool option. I don't know that the Xbox can do the same. I think it's just connect. Yeah, I think so. I think you would like it a lot if your headset could be used for voice commands. That way you yeah. wouldn't have to embarrass yourself. I, 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 <laughs> I, could, I could whisper in Dead Rising 3, you're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> that looks even creepier. You're, you're, no, no, you're crazier. No, you're crazy. <laughs> Stop listening. Stop listening. <laughs> My wife's here. She's right there. Shh. I didn't see a nice Don't cheat sheet, to her. though, Only was, to me. where they put on all all the Xbox uh-huh. One voice commands on one cheat sheet. So, And I, I wonder if it's an ever-expanding list that they're going to keep up with. Well, I suppose be. what doesn't include that, though, is that it also has voice recognition in terms of, and I haven't played a lot with it, but Jeff has spoken well of it, and, and as has Gus, the... Uh, being able to use it for DVR and TV functionality. And Jeff says you can pretty much just say, show me whatever, and it will hear you understand and take you to that yeah, show. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good and responsive mm-hmm. with that. I have not figured out how to use it as a DVR. I don't know uh-huh. if that functionality exists in it. I see that it has like a stop, a pause, and a rewind button, but they don't work for me. As I understand it, that DVR functionality is tied to your actual DVR. Yeah, do it you... doesn't DVR on box. It controls your existing DVR. Yeah, okay. It must not be able to talk very well with mine then because mm-hmm. like those buttons just don't work. Now, now, though, for clarification, one of the cool features that I like about it is that it does have a built-in <laughs> DVR for gaming content right. where you can say, and I think the command is Xbox record this, yes. and it'll record the previous 30 seconds. Or five minutes. Or five minutes. You can do 30 seconds back, five minutes back, or 30 seconds forward, five minutes forward. Yeah. So record for the next 30 seconds, record for the next five minutes, right. or record the previous five minutes. How, it, do, you, how do you set it to do five it minutes? It always captures the previous 30 seconds. But if you go into the upload app, yeah. then there you can set it to do five minutes. You can or you, set get, it the, to you do... get the previous five minutes. Okay. And I assume that will just take up more space on your hard drive. Yeah. I think okay. by default it's always there. You just have to go look for it. Yeah. Like by kind of... Oh, so go ahead. By default, it'll just show you the 30 seconds. I'm kind of confused where those clips actually live, too, because... Uh, In the cloud. Uh, like, it auto-records a lot of times. It will just... <laughs> the magic cloud. You understand how the cloud works. What are you talking about in spooky terms? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's future technology. Uh, though, th- there's a clip that it just auto-recorded from a Assassin's Creed Let's Play we, were, we did. And uh, I went back to watch it, and the quality on it looks really not so good. Really? But... Apparently, that's because, well, what Gavin told me is it doesn't live on the, the Xbox. It is on the cloud, and so it's just streaming it to you. Mm. And so some the quality doesn't necessarily reflect the actual quality of the clip. Yeah, I think everything's accessible via SkyDrive. Like, you can download the clips oh. and then watch it. Um, so, so is it uploading all these things in the background? Is that how they're getting? I mean, where where... What transit is that taking up would, to the... I would assume so. I mean, it, you're not fucking mailing off a disk to SkyDrive. No, that's true. So it's got to be uploading it. It could be doing like... Um, I know what Android phones do. When you take a picture, it stores the high-resolution image remotely on the cloud that keeps a lower-resolution version locally for you. 
Mm. So we'll be doing something like that where it's got like a small proxy file locally, and then the high-res version is uploaded. Xbox One, always online. <laughs> I mean, so it's, it begs the question, of what if you're not online? Because a big part of the Xbox One audience apparently didn't want to be online. Uh, and so if I record a clip, does it just not do it if you don't have that functionality? I don't know. Well, that's, you know, that also kind of brings up one thing that we've found kind of weird about the Xbox is you can no longer go anywhere convenient and look at your hard drive space. You can't go to system? I saw no. a system in the uh, There's a system. Settings. There is nowhere you can actually look at the what's on your hard drive. Really? Uh, I've, someone mentioned that you might be able to get to it through a safe mode. But there is no option for storage. I don't like, like, I don't like that. No, I don't like it either. I don't like being abstracted from stuff it could, like that. It could be also tied into the fact that you can't upgrade the hard drive. Possibly. Like they're just kind of hiding that whole layer from you. Well, there's no management to it. So now you don't know, like, okay, can, do I have room to install this game? When I need to install a game and there's not room, what happens then? Right. So uh, I think Jeff's been installing everything just to see where that threshold of pain is in terms of storage we also haven't tried the external storage yet which is something else to look into interesting wait wait wait. so the xbox the xbox does support external storage yeah Yeah. okay so here here's this is from the uh, sport.xbox.com xbox one keeps all your data up to date by synchronizing with xbox live you no longer need to make a decision about whether to save something locally or in the cloud your data is stored in both places automatically Save games, app data, and your preferences are immediately available when you sign into any Xbox One console. How much storage do I have? The Xbox One is equipped with a fifty, or excuse me, a five hundred gigabyte internal hard drive. Most of the space is available for storing games and apps, though some is reserved for save games, console software, and other important service system functions. All right, and then I'll see if I can find how you check Xbox One. How do you check my free space? Xbox One monitors your available hard drive space. When it starts to fill up, a message appears mm-hmm. warning you that you're low on space. The message. Messages are stored in notifications. You can check to see if you have any unread messages by going to Xbox and saying, Xbox, go to notifications, or by selecting <laughs> the notifications icon at the top of the home screen. It doesn't say what happens, There is though. no proactive way to go to that, though, and at least as far as we could find. In case anyone's wondering, officially on the Xbox site, it says here they do not support external storage of any kind. Oh, they do not? No. No, the Xbox One does not support external storage okay. devices. I thought they did. Well, I thought they, they did, too. Leading up to launch, they had talked about that. Well, it seems like the uh, USB 3 external ports are kind of wasted if you're not going to move some data around. I suppose you can plug peripherals in, but yeah. it seems like you might as well use Bluetooth or Where are the USB, USB ports on the Xbox there's One? There's one on the, if you're looking at the console, there's one on the left, the left side. side. yeah. yeah. Uh, Is that the only one? I believe there's another one on the back. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing on the front, right? Like no. the 360 had a couple of ports for you could use for joysticks I or don't believe so. memory sticks. I could be wrong. Huh, okay. The front is pretty streamlined. There's not a whole lot going on there. Yeah. So I had... The ultimate first world problem this weekend. <laughs> I, I might be able to challenge that, but go ahead. First world gamer problem. I'm out of touch with reality. I had a problem with cloud saves. I had played some XCOM here at the office on Friday. Uh huh. XCOM, XCOM does not support cloud saves. Yeah. Wait, oh, you X, on the 360. XCOM, on, the, on the Xbox. Yeah. Okay. I so played on the PC. I was playing XCOM. No, that that on, works too. No, no it no, does not. XCOM Absolutely. does not have cloud saves in Steam. Uh, as far as I'm aware, I no, play Adam, here. Adam, Adam, Adam just reformatted his computer and lost his save. Really, it's not in the in the cloud. I was very I disappointed by that. I, I don't know. Maybe I was doing something else. It's been a while since I did that. So I was playing XCOM on my 360 here at my desk I on think Friday. I had to turn it on or something. Let me finish my fucking story. <laughs> I, I mean, if you go into the settings, at it's my like, desk oh, here sorry. on Friday. Who are your characters? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I went <laughs> home. I was going to play XCOM Friday night, and uh, I got a message on my home Xbox saying. Your cloud storage is out of sync. Go back right. to your other Xbox and finish your upload. Like, fuck. Like, well, okay, well, I'm going to come back down. I'm going to get my Xbox from my desk. So at midnight on Friday night, I drive back down to the studio. 
go to my desk. I'm like, I don't want to grab the power or anything. I'm just going to grab the Xbox and take it home. Unplug my Xbox on my desk, take it home, realize the Xbox at my desk is a 360E. My Xbox at home is a 360S. <laughs> yep. They use different power supplies. Yes, they do. So I'm like, fuck. It's like, okay, well, I'll pull the hard drive out of my E and put it in my S. So I pull the hard drive out of my E, put it in the S. Nope, says you need to do it from the original Xbox. <laughs> so, fuck. So then I come back down, have to put it all back together, come here, turn on my Xbox, let it sync up, turn it off, go home, let it sync up again. Or when I launch XCOM, when I get home, because I've taken the hard drive out and put it back in, it says cloud storage is not enabled on that device. Do I want to, re- do I want to enable it? Yes, it has to re-download all of my cloud uh-huh. saves, which is only like 80 megabytes, but it took half a fucking hour. Hey, cloud <laughs> saves take a while to sync. Like the longest uh, that I ever sat around waiting for anything uh, on my Xbox 360 was waiting for Skyrim saves to sync because I'd have like eight to sync and they were five megs each and that always took forever. Yeah, so Jordan was making fun of me saying that not only did I have the problem of having too many Xboxes, I had the problem of having too many different kinds of Xboxes. Right. <laughs> Off. So, one thing I want to point out, though, that could have saved you through all this is if you have a 360, one of the first things you should do is go up and set up background downloads and uploads. I do. So, it should not have, unless you physically I, unplugged it. It does I, sometimes. I didn't. So yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, obviously, it can fail sometimes. It, it must have just failed because this one has background uploads and downloads. I didn't just pull the plug on it. It was fine. I literally just turned it on and turned it back off, and it was synced. We, this Xbox here for the patch that we have sitting here off screen that we use, I have my cloud set up on there. And there's been a couple times where I've been showing stuff off on screen. And when we break down the set after the show, that will sometimes just get unplugged or the power strip turns off. And I've, I've gone out of sync because of that box so yeah. many times. And I have to call up and go, I've, I've had to come over and turn it off. Will you, you, you just turn on the box and that's it? Yeah. Just turn it on and turn it off after a few minutes. Did you see, though, since you were syncing, did you finally see that if you go into active downloads, you can watch the files sync? Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen them. I didn't go do that, but I've seen them be. Um, like waiting a process before something. Right. I forget what the message yeah. is. Have you seen what that looks like on the one yet? I haven't actually seen anything. According to this page on support.xbox.com, it just happens automatically. Like I've never so selected. There's no longer to be a prompt at all. Well, I, I know you will no longer select cloud storage as a save option, but right. have you ever seen the prompt of it downloading? No. Or a conflict. Apparently, it just says automatically. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they've sped it up with the Xbox One I'd cloud like, services. Cause... I feel like I, I, well, I should have plugged an Xbox One in here and seen what happens, mm-hmm. like with Dead Rising Three, because I've uh-huh. been playing at home. I'd be curious to see how what happens to how quickly can I get that save uh-huh. here. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's caught up across the board. Like mm-hmm. uh, PlayStation with PlayStation Plus. One of my biggest complaints about my PlayStation Three was. Um, I would turn it on, and I'd have to make updates and then wait and get them download. And like sometimes it would take me 20 minutes uh-huh. to start playing because I hadn't played in a couple months on the PS3. Now it does all that stuff automatically. It'll do updates automatically. It'll update games automatically. Um, you know, So I think that Xbox One is probably doing that same thing. Well, you know, you, you bring up an interesting point there with the PS3 because that has been my biggest complaint so far about the, the Xbox One is I feel like I'm taking forever to get into a game. And even then, there's a fair amount of loading Right at the onset. Mid-game seems to be pretty seamless, but just to get it running. Uh, in fact, on the way, right before this, I wanted to have something to kind of compare apples to apples with. So I played Killzone on PS4, and then I wanted to try Rise on Xbox One. Mm-hmm. It took 35 minutes to get me in-game. I What? It That's did, crazy, it really? Do, it did the initial install, which doesn't go all the way, but it gets you far enough that you can start. So I said, okay, you know, start once it let me. Get in to the menu. You know, I pick single-player. And then I have to sit through another install that took even longer than the original one, which mm. is okay. Fine, I understand you got to install it. You got to install it. I don't know how much you're installing because I can't look at storage. All right. Uh, 
but whatever you need to do, don't don't pretend like I can play it now, though. Yeah, I, I mean, f- I felt like when I first played Dead Rising three, I had a similar thing where I probably waited close to half an hour between install and downloading the yeah. know, the patch to get it the patch uh, <laughs> to get it playable. Now, once it's running, I feel like the load times are pretty in in both PS4 and Xbox One. Once they're running, it's great. But I will say, I gotta hand it to the PS4 on that because Killzone. I think I was playing within five to ten minutes. See, I have no perspective on this for either platform. Mm-hmm. Even on the Wii U, I don't have perspective on it because I'm 100% digital at this point. Uh-huh. And I wondered about that. Yeah. That was a much so I can tell you program. how big Dead Rising is. Dead Rising is 19 gigs. Really? That's and when, it. I, when I got to 42%, it let me play it. Yeah. So 42% of downloading? or 42- Yeah. Okay, so it downloaded and installed. And downloading and installing is kind of like this mixed bag. So yeah. it's like when I got to 42% of Which the process, the bucket, then I, I got to play. I believe... Uh, for the Xbox One, when we had the disc versions of, of Dead Rising, we had to hit 45% before we could actually start playing. Yeah. I want to, it was either that one or, or Assassin's Creed. I forget which. And the games I have on PlayStation are smaller games. One thing that's interesting about the uh, Xbox One is I loved on the 360, I love Xbox Live Arcade. I probably mm-hmm. have as many Xbox Live Arcade titles as I do retail titles. Uh, and the PS1 seems to be way more focused on independent smaller games. Mm-hmm. Uh, than at least what's going on right now with Xbox One. I mean, it's which uh, there were a lot of games available free when yeah. you launched PS4 versus Xbox One. There really wasn't much well I available think free. I had four games on day one of uh-huh. PS4, and I paid fifteen bucks. Yeah, I paid I paid fifteen bucks for Sound Shapes, and that's it. Mm. I mean, I did play pay for PlayStation mm-hmm. Plus, so I'm actually not sure which ones I got free from just the console uh-huh. launch and which ones I got free from PlayStation but Plus. You could conceivably also have had a free month of Plus. Yeah, that was bundled in out of the, the box. Very the true. Four, because I didn't pay for PlayStation Plus, but I still got. The free month, and I got, I got all those same games. Yeah, that's free all as well. I've got. I think PlayStation Plus is well worth it because their free game library is kind of nuts. Well, plus, also, you get a discount on the PlayStation Store as well. I forget yeah. if it's 10 yeah. or 15% off of whatever. And if you buy mm-hmm. a good amount of games, that's easily, you know, makes uh, uh, up for the cost of the subscription. It doesn't mean you wanted the whole. I know games, was it Games for Gold or Games with uh-huh. Gold mm-hmm. on Xbox, the free games? Um, that is now delayed, but they have said they're going to launch it on Xbox One. Yeah. Now they're dealing with a problem because they don't have backwards compatibility on yep. these platforms. Now the free games thing is like, what are you going to give them? I mean, like, we're going to give them Rise? It just came out. You well, know? they actually, I mean, as part of the concessions for, again, I think we talked about this when the PS4 came out, the Xbox launched, but, you know, several, it's over a million units sold, right? Or yeah. They, uh, and they have their own hardware error. They've got a disk issue. And apparently their concession for that is they're going to be giving away a free game. I don't know that they've announced the title yet. but I think they gave them a, a choice. Did they? What okay. I read was, hell, I've got it here in front of me. Uh, they gave the affected users a choice between mm-hmm. several different games, which is, and it kind of works out. It's like these people are having trouble with their disk drive, so they're given a coupon so that they for can digital. download a game. Right, so they can still play a game while they wait for... <laughs> A replacement unit to come and replace the I'll give the this to Microsoft. Xbox. They were on the ball and ready for hardware failure with this launch. And in the news we reported <laughs> yesterday, or Monday, I should say, uh, that Microsoft's statement said, and they'll be part of our advanced replacement <laughs> program. It's like it's like kind of this legacy they have now. We know how to handle replacing units, and we can do that. It's crazy, though, because I have an Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played it all. We can play Dead Rising 3 primarily. Uh-huh. Um, and I had a – someone sent me a code for Lego Marvel. But uh, I started playing that at 360, and I can't bring myself because of achievements to transition over, even uh-huh. though I know it'll work. I'll try that soon. But I haven't actually – on either my PS4 mm-hmm. or on my Xbox One, I haven't used the disk drive yet on either one of them. No. I don't even know if I have the problem. <laughs> I should go home and try a Blu-ray disc on my Xbox One. Have you seen how achievements show up when you look at them on the 360 now? Yeah. Oh, no. On the 360 now. So, yeah, when you pull up you know, the jewel, look at your achievements uh-huh. on the 360 – 
there's a section for Xbox One games or Xbox One achievements. Oh, really? You cannot mm-hmm. drill down to detail in there. Really? Yeah, it's just like I noticed a my day one item. A day one achievement had popped up there, but I hadn't looked any deeper than that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's like when you know when you mm-hmm. see all the different games, it's there, but you can't pull up detail to like drill down and see what specific achievements are in there. I'm gonna go right now and look at it on Xbox.com and see what it looks like okay. on the I, PC. I gotta say the way the changes to the achievement system and how you view them on the one is really rough. Yeah, okay, I, it, I agree with you. I'm having trouble. I don't like, like you can't, it at all. I can't figure out how to see achievements that I haven't mm-hmm. unlocked yet. And then even then, you when can. You, you just have to scroll to the side. Yeah. When you, when you I want, also don't like the goatsy maneuver that they want you to do yeah. for for looking at an and achievement. And it's slow. Yeah, it loads. It actually yeah. loads, so you can see it. Well, it's because they've added this whole pretty picture thing that is kind of superfluous. I mean, that's totally superfluous. It's, it's really yeah. It, all it serves to do is slow it down when I'm trying to look at them. They seem to be mixing achievements mm-hmm. with unlockables. Like you get like, sort of, a, like, yeah. like a pretty concept art or something. Yeah, that's like a, that should be a totally different thing. Now yeah. I would I will, will say that what they've added that I like is now the achievements have percentages on them. You can actually view your progress when yeah. you just go to the achievements. When you look at your whole list of games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but no, to individual achievements. Indiv- you, oh, you can really? drill down to the achievement list now. Has tiles I, for each I, achievement. I saw that in Dead Rising. I thought that was just in Dead Rising. Uh, it could be, but at least it's available in the guide. It's not actually if you usually if it was specific to a game, you'd only see it in the game. That's great. This is actually at a guide level. You can see it. Uh, so I suspect that it'll be across the board, <laughs> which is nice. I just wish that you, you know honestly, this is a complaint I have for both systems. Is it feels like neither one of them has very strong UI. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's a side effect of like making that transition and not well, yeah. knowing the UI. But I, I definitely felt the same way with the PS4. I'm, I'm feeling that way also with the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just having like relearn it. Like it seems like kind of a, it, this has been a systemic issue I've had with a few things lately. Because uh, going back to the Assassin's Creed Four Let's Play we just did, trying to make the multiplayer work like we wanted it to work was like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there was it was just not very streamlined. It felt like it hadn't been very refined. And that's all on Assassin's Creed's part. That had nothing to do with the platform. Yeah, even getting to the settings to, on yeah. the Xbox One after my initial setup, I was like, okay, where are they? Well, the Xbox has a harder time, at least in my eyes, because I'm more familiar with the 360s platform. Yeah. So I knew what that one was like, and now this is a change to that, but similar. Whereas the PS4, at least, was a brand new experience. So I'm just kind of having discovering it. From scratch. Personally, I think the PS4's navigation system is way better than the cross media bar on PS3. That thing to me was just like, it was like every option on screen at one time. And I, like, <laughs> I, I, I like the cross media bar, but just because I was familiar with where everything I needed was. Uh-huh. And isn't that exactly what we're going through right now? Is like we have these new consoles. It's a lot like when you get DLC mm-hmm. and you've been playing like Call of Duty or Halo for months and everything's great. Then you get on a map for the first time. You're like, what? What? And it's like you have to go through those first couple of rounds where you know where nothing is. You're confused. You don't know what leads to what. Mm-hmm. And then after a couple of uh, iterations, you're like, oh, I got this. You know, uh-huh. and just go to exactly what you want. Yeah, I, I'm honestly, and I've, believe, believe me, I heard plenty about negativity last time on the PS4. <laughs> Ryan, don't be so negative. The truth is I'm not really negative on either console. I'm telling you what I like or don't like about it, and sometimes I come off maybe a little more negative than I mean to. But uh, I'm excited about the future of both of them, and I really think that, as we saw with the 360. All three. All Sorry. three. Go ahead. <laughs> it doesn't Are count. you excited about the Wii U? Oh, man, the, my heart burns for it, <laughs> let me tell you. 
that that what five games that listen you can... <laughs> i mean a new zelda game and a new mario game when's the new wii week? fit coming out so somebody will buy another uh, console and leave it in the, the corner the new that zelda game me. on the 3ds and the new mario game that just came out are both super highly reviewed yeah. i, I have I, I don't have the link yeah. game but i do have the uh i do have the mario game it's interesting it's like a cross between it's like my one of my favorite titles from mario is mario 3d on the super nintendo uh, super mario 3d Super Mario 3D? You're talking about Nintendo 64? Yeah, Nintendo 64. What okay. You said no. Super Nintendo. Oh, sorry. Nintendo 64. Yeah. Um, I like that, and I also like the Super Mario Brothers that came out with Wii U at launch because it was the first high-def Mario, and I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. This is like a hybrid between the two. It's almost like a 3D world that you can run around in, but it's not quite. It's hard to explain. It's like it's not the left-to-right scroller but it's also not the open world. It's kind of like a, a hybrid between the two, and it takes a little bit of getting used to. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. I mean, it's a Mario game. GTA so, Mario. <laughs> yeah. yeah let me read this you can thing. have a cat suit. Cat suit? You can get a cat I like, suit. I like right out of the gate, you, you get, get a cat t- suit. Can you bring a tanuki? <laughs> you got the fucking raccoon suit? Uh, this episode of The Patch is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks, with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One audiobook to consider is Game of Thrones by George R.R. R. Martin. Arr. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash RT. That's audiblepodcast.com slash RT. So I mentioned Game of Thrones uh, there for Audible. Has anybody been watching the South Park, the past couple episodes of South Park where they're dealing with I, I saw the, the first console wars? I see the clips. Uh, I saw the first episode. I haven't seen the second episode yet. The, in the second episode, Butters takes to call in George R.R. R. Martin. George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> so I figured... Is a good a good uh the pirate way to, to call a good book to recommend yeah there oh go. there you go right there <laughs> uh they're really really good i hadn't watched south park in a while uh-huh. but uh, i thought they've been doing a really good job uh with the the console wars you know uh somebody they just held blizzcon recently and somebody went to blizzcon dressed as the wow gamer from south park oh yeah, yeah i saw that yeah they like they had a huge <laughs> the cosplay cost contest at BlizzCon are outrageous. They mm-hmm. are outrageous. The, I think it's, it's probably the best cosplay contest in America, uh-huh. aside from the ones they have in Asia, which are just like really ridiculous. But it's so it's funny to see like all these like you know really advanced cosplay outfits, and then this dude who's like basically got a keyboard yeah. strapped to him and a table strapped to him. Did you see the little bit of uh, trouble Blizzard got into over remarks about uh, hypersexualized, uh, I guess, female characters in the upcoming Heroes of the Storm game? No. The game director for Heroes of the Storm, Dustin Browder, did an interview with Rock, Paper, Shotgun. And it was, it was a fine interview. It was very friendly. Then at the end, the interviewer started asking questions like, you know, what do you think about this move towards, you know, super sexualized female characters? And uh, the game director, I forget what his exact quote was. He said something like, oh, here's, we're not running for president. We're not sending a message. No one should look to our game for that. And I guess he got a lot of criticism about it. Well, it's it's interesting that uh, things that used to not be so politicized have kind of started having to carry that weight. I think it maybe as the game industry matures, now they suddenly are starting to be looked to as sort of a, a bastion for those kind of things. Like they, they're held to a higher standard than they maybe ever were before because it's becoming so common for people to play video games. Right, and I think that's the whole thing is they want the industry and they want gaming to be mm-hmm. inclusive and not you know just a boys club i mean if you look at say duke nukem 3d that was hugely sexist the original one mm-hmm. i mean there were dancing girls and yeah i mean it was terrible in terms of if you're looking at it as a serious yeah conversation about you know gender in the world but 
it's not. I mean, I saw a really great. Uh, it, if it's probably one of the longest videos I've ever watched on YouTube. It was a 25-minute video, and it's by uh, Feminist Frequency. Uh, she you might remember her. She sometimes will post videos and then get like death threats wow. um, for posting, you know, feminist viewpoint on gaming. She did a whole one about the thing I've always noticed about gaming, which is the Miss Male character, which is you take the male character and you slap a pink bow on it, and then mm -hmm. it's the female character. It talks about female characters and female tropes in video games. Going all the way back to arcade titles, you know, cabinets mm -hmm. in, in the original arcades in the early '80s, and it's uh, it's it's a really interesting watch. You should definitely watch it. It's uh, it's 25 minutes, but it's like once you see, we were talking about Mega Man uh -huh. before this started. Out of all the villains in Mega Man across all the different titles, there's one female boss, and you can tell she's like over hypersexually, not hypersexual, but like hypergender, where it's like, this is the female character. Uh -huh. And it's like, it's like every call-out you could possibly imagine on that character. It's really interesting. And it's, it's interesting to see all of it over the course of about three and a half decades in the course of one video. Uh -huh. It really is interesting to watch. Yeah. I, I, was, I thought it was really compelling. So I'll, I'll put a link to it in the link dump. What was the, do you remember, what was the name of the uh, female Mega Man villain? Uh, I can tell you. I remember. Was, I remember, do you think about it, like all of the uh -huh. bosses, how, are they, yeah. They're very focused. It's like Woodman or, you know. I'm pretty sure her name is like Mrs. Gal or something like that. That's I, I'll look it up, but it's something ridiculous unto itself. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's kind of an interesting point anyway because I never really assigned a gender really. I never thought of Mega Man characters and thought that, you know, guy versus girl. They, they were always robots. And as you said, some of them were partially fused with trees. Yeah. So, I mean, their gender really wasn't an issue. They were GoBots. Go bots, not even transform. <laughs> I guess they were they're not transforming, but uh, yeah, the the, they hey, have... the GoBots transformed. All right, <laughs> they, they did not quite as good as the Transformers. Uh, GoBot movie coming two thousand. <laughs> but this uh, no, this this, this Blizzard interview ends really awkwardly. If you go, mm -hmm. we'll link the. Uh, Her name is Splash Woman. Splash Woman. Yeah. Well, okay, no, but a lot of Splash a lot of the Woman. the enemies in Mega Man ended in. That's Man, true. Right? They actually did. They, you know, Woodman, Blade Man. Whatever. It is absolutely true, and that's what uh, that's why taking snippets out of this video, I don't think, is a fair way to look at it because mm -hmm. you can look at individual ones like that and you say, like, oh, I understand the reason for this individual choice, but then when you see them all, and granted, she's mm -hmm. cherry picking, you know, mm -hmm. some examples like, over three decades of mm -hmm. gaming content, but you see them all like how they're mm -hmm. all presented in one go, you're like, yeah, this is definitely a trend of, of the way the female yeah. characters are presented in games. Well, I mean, I guess there's something to be said for the fact that kind of the the origins of video gaming lies in the i mean there's a stereotype for a reason the the average computer nerd of which i frequently count myself one and that's not necessarily the most well versed on gender studies kind of segment of the population you know, there tend to be the ones that maybe were on the outside and watching girls from afar uh and i i guess i can see how that culture may have worked its way through gaming until it got to the point now where now that there's, it's more inclusive with both genders, uh, it's becoming more of a problem. Well, I, yeah, it's just, I think it's more so just the, just the way it's presented. And, you know, when you talk about hypersexualized characters, the way, you know, the, the, the women are dressed, it's typically with this, this game that we're talking mm -hmm. about with Blizzard and the way their bodies mm -hmm. are represented. I can tell you that as a guy, when I see Marcus Phoenix yeah. and all these guys <laughs> in games, I don't think I'm ever going to look like Marcus Phoenix, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't, it's not off-putting to me either when, yeah. I, when I see that kind of thing. Anyway, you guys brought it up, so I, I thought point out this video because I had just seen it for whatever reason I had seen it. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's because uh, in our flock videos that I made with Ashley, mm -hmm. I pointed out that the sheep had a pink bow, and that was the female sheep. And I thought, why do they all have pink bows? And we did this like, <laughs> whole joke, like if you were making a Skyrim character, 
if you went through and you made the, all the attributes of the character, if you said, let's switch it to female, and just put a little pink blow, <laughs> a pink bow on the guy's head. On the well, that's how you can tell head. which ones are the female dragons, is they got the bow <laughs> on the, the head. Bow. Yeah. And yeah. also their fire is hearts. They're, yeah, they're called Miss Dragon. That's part of it. That's, I mean, <laughs> the, the, heart, the hearts are a big part of it, too. She points out, like, how hearts are this thing that go through all the female characters. Interesting. Like Mrs. Bomberman and stuff like that. We'll definitely have to check that out. Um, so, a bunch of other stuff. I also feel compelled to mention... That Smite finally has a release date. <laughs> March. March 14th, I think. I was not aware that Smite was not out. I honestly was not either. Because I play Smite on a fairly regular basis, and I did not know that the game I was playing didn't exist. March 25th. <laughs> it's been in, in open beta for a while. Again, this you know goes back to something we talked back a while ago, is that if something is open beta for that long, what's the release it, mean it anymore? Really, yeah, I guess uh, it's... By the time if it comes out in March, it'll have been in beta for about a year. Do you have a launch party for a game that's been Absolutely. playable they're, in its current they're form? They're going to have for... a, a tournament. I think they have like a $100,000 uh, smart tournament to mm-hmm. for the kickoff, for the release. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's a fun game. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm glad that they're finally turning it over into something, but they've already been making money off of it too, right? I mean, the yeah. microtransactions are already there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what separates it today versus yesterday. Well, not that it happened today, but... Like what? What's the distinction at this point between a release title and a beta product? I don't know. Do you, yeah, the, I guess there's really no restrictions on it. Maybe they'll have more gameplay hoppers. I guess they would be beta testing that if they were going to do that. No, I yeah, know. I mean, I, I as far as I can tell, the only difference is maybe they maybe that signals the end of production. Like they're no longer to be working on it. I wonder if maybe they're not going to have the offer anymore where you can unlock all the gods for a specific dollar amount, and instead it's going to move to like microtransaction. You per think god. so? Or are they going to shut down all the previous? Uh, stuff that people have unlocked is it? A, is there a reset that comes with this? I don't think so. Not for that would be really obnoxious if they already have microtransactions enabled. Right, so they had you're paying money in the beta for you have microtransactions in there too. The microtransactions are already on, I believe. Yeah, yeah. you can you can pay to unlock uh, different uh, gods. While you guys were talking about, I looked it up. You know, Firefall has not been released yet. Firefall is still an open beta. Really? Yeah, that game's been around. People have been playing that game for like three years yeah. now. Yeah, that's been a long time. So it's funny. We're at a point now where it's like, what is a release date? Does it really matter all that much? I mean, consoles have very hard release dates, but PC games are kind of like and now with Kickstarter. Yeah. I mean, now when I go to Steam, I can <laughs> games that aren't out yet <laughs> are the most expensive games there are. Yeah. It's like, oh, you can play this game for 90 bucks in early release. Yeah, like, right now. I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to wait while everyone else suffers through the beta stuff, and then I get to get buy it for 15 bucks so in a I'm, summer sale. I'm it's reading, hard to wait, though. I'm reading uh, High Res Studios press release here. All player progress in Smite's open beta will carry over to the game's general release. Also, all beta players who reach level 30 before launch date will unlock the Kako Demon skin for a playable god. Ymir, Y-M-I-R. I have mm-hmm. no idea how to say that. Caco Demon. Apologies for worshippers of Ymir. Um, <laughs> for more information, blah, 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 tutorials. Yeah, I mean, that's all they really say. Just that your progress will carry over. So, yeah, any money you've spent, you should will still, you'll still have your goodies. All right. Yeah, and I guess the... Uh, <laughs> nice. The beta launched in January of this year, so that's it'll be Doom. just over a year. Yeah, when you said Caco Demon, that's what I immediately thought of. Yeah, yeah. The Cacodemon was the red floating head. The meatball. Look at this. From Doom. They make a Cacodemon plush. Nice. <laughs> it, always made me th- it always made me think of uh, Beholders from Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. Yeah. Except yeah. they don't have all the eye Just one eye. Well, clearly a Cacodemon is a thing. Apparently. In lore. Used yeah. to terrorize ancient... <laughs> you know, those guys. <laughs> Ymir lore would fight them all the time. <laughs> Um, so one of the other things, um, I see here is that Steam now has reviews yeah. in beta, uh, in the Steam platform. 
Which is nice. Uh, I mean, there's there's always been the rating. Well, not always, but there has been a rating there that you could. Does get that matter kind of to a, you? The rating? Uh, I mean, some I've not bought a game before it when I saw a really low rating. Absolutely matters to me. Yeah, that Steam rating is very important when I go to buy a game. And I find, I mean, the Steam community is like any other internet community. You're going to have people that try and abuse the system, but overall, I find it pretty spot on. It's, uh, unfortunately, it's in my list of whether or not to buy a game. It's price. Cover art. <laughs> I mean, I have to admit that. It's like a lot of times it's like I do choose a game because like, oh, it looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. What's I can't, that? I can't believe that Steam as a platform which sells games has not had reviews or player feedback to this extent so far. Well, I, maybe I'm misremembering it, but it was always linked into the Metacritic score, right? Yeah, I believe it showed that. Which, I mean, there was a direct path to reviews right from inside Steam. So I'm not sure what the distinction but here is. But it's like Amazon, when it sells products, yeah. you know, customers can write reviews there. Is that good, though? Because, I mean, when this is the, the conflict you have with Amazon is once the person selling the item has control over the reviews in it, then you start to get allegations of, you know, fixing the reviews and suppressing things. And Amazon's facing that all the time. And I don't think they've ever had any legal action that I'm aware of, but... There's constantly people talking about how, oh, here's all these negative reviews that have been suppressed. And I have to say I have, at least in books, in the Kindle store, frequently seen books that had negative reviews that were very far down under all the positive stuff. Hmm. Yeah, you know what I'll be interested to see too is that if if Steam is starting reviews now, a game that's been out for three years, like, you know, or let's take a game like Team Fortress 2, which has been out for a long time, all of a sudden now you can review it. That's a little bit different than reviewing a game that you, is coming out the day after tomorrow. You yeah. know, like the review yeah. process is a, is a lot different. There won't be those initial reviews for Team Fortress Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll all be like a very experienced group of no people reviewing it. No first impressions. No first impressions. Yeah, right. I right. kind of like the way that the Apple App Store handles it, where when there's a new revision of an app, all of the reviews that existed for that app get archived with the previous version. Oh, that's so cool. now all of the reviews are about the current version. So that's why what you see. So when you go and you look, all the reviews are about this version right now. But if you're uh-huh. curious, you can drill down and go see the old reviews for other it's versions. It's like history, patch history almost. Right. And as uh, software evolves, I feel mm-hmm. like that's necessary because, the, you know, for in TF2, the game you're playing now is not the game that shipped when it first came out. There's hats now. Yeah, well... That's, so, that's now the primary focus. The every, game, time they, really. every time they add a new hat, they'll have to archive all the comments. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> you know, we got bandanas now. I'm We're actually in not the world of beanies. surprised it took this long to get to reviews, like written reviews on Steam, because I remember very well when Steam launched how much it was hated. Oh, yeah. And I don't know, maybe I wasn't paying attention when it went from the most miserable thing ever invented in the history of PC gaming to Gabe Newell is a god and can do no wrong. I don't know what that transition was, but it did happen at some point. You just got to wait it out. Gabe yeah. Newell's taught me that. No matter what the shit's hit the fan, just wait it out. I mean, seriously, I mean, remember the images people post of Steam with the piston going up the guy's butt? Yep. Remember that? Yeah, that was a gif I saw in every forum ever. Or you'd people, see the loading bar just perpetually filling. And then, and then going backwards. And yeah, yep. here's another patch. Here's this. Here's that. Yeah, the... Uh, yeah, it was it was hated. Now people love Steam. It's when they switch from that green skin to the black skin. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, that helps. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's hideous. It's like the Wayback Machine for Steam, and it was pretty gross when it first started. Yeah, it had that olive green that was awful. Well, I mean, I think, I guess its main function when it was introduced was basically DRM. Basically, it was DRM. Which is why no one liked it. Yeah. It, it did kind of suck. Half-Life it was an online being... check-in for Half-Life 2. Yep. That's the way it was bundled. Mm-hmm. In fact, they said, um, I think... Ash reported on this, but they said that when they put out Half-Life 3, they're not going to, like, restrict it to platforms mm-hmm. because of what happened with Half-Life 2. That's it was a, rough. That's a sore spot. It's yeah. a sore spot, yeah. 
The internet sometimes has long memory. Not usually, but sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It no, has it, long memory caches. <laughs> it, I mean, it really is crazy. But then, you know, they've gone on and done really cool things. Like, it's really easy for indie developers to publish mm -hmm. their games. Mm -hmm. uh, they got Greenlight going on now. They're putting reviews in. You know, they, it was. did Team Fortress 2 ever get to the point where people could make money selling their items on Team Fortress 2? I don't think so. Like, making could their own be. hats or anything like that? I think so. You could sell the, could the hats through the store. I think there's a user... That's uh, cool. Talking about my ass here. I'm not a big TFT I'm player, about so. to look it up. We're going to refer to the internet. Yeah. Yes, you look that up. I'm going to read this. I'm okay. one of the jackasses I, 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 who played Team Fortress 2 on the Xbox. <laughs> I have 100% <laughs> achievements in Orange Box. Uh, I'm going to read this. That, 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 but I definitely want to know what the answer to that question hats is. In that. Uh, this episode of The Patch is brought to you by Insert Coin Clothing, the home of epic gaming apparel and accessories. Get in on Black Friday deals with up to 70% off. 7-0. It's a lot of That's percents That's a lot off. of percents. Uh, loads of new designs in stock and now shipping, including Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, Watch Dogs, Parappa the Rapper, The Last of Us, Devil May Cry, and much more. Oh, there's more here. Killzone, Resident Evil 1 and 2, Little Big Planet, God of War, Worms, and a lot more designs coming in 2014. Uh, it's three for two on all tees and vests. So uh, Black Friday deals with up to 70% off. Loads of awesome designs, uh, including Assassin's Creed, Sega, Dead or Alive, plus lightning deals. With the last day of sales on the first of December, you can save fifteen percent off your purchase when you use offer code Thanks Rooster. That's Thanks Rooster at InsertCoinClothing.com. Love all of their products. Got a bunch of shirts and stuff that I wear. My favorite is probably the uh, that Joel shirt I wore last time. They were our sponsor, Joel from Last of Us. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, fucking the, awesome. the really subtle one. Yeah, <laughs> tons of great stuff. Go check it out. So, uh, what's the answer? Can people make money? I can't, even, I can't even tell. They do. Uh, they do have. They do have ways to make money, but it's not really clear. A series of guy who made eighty eight thousand dollars per year, real money for making virtual hats in Team Fortress Two. So they allow you as a to open up a hat store, essentially. I'm trying to drill down in this a hattery. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I'm sure there's a name for that. Anthony uh, Carrero is a 35 year old Australian, I believe. Yeah, you're right. It is. It. He's a professional <laughs> digital artist and a certified baker. Sort of, uh, well, good. And he made $88,000. I'm going to look this up. I'm gonna make, let's mean. make sure it was, it was in-game and it wasn't like from doing anything. We should copyright that immediately. How did you know it was haberdashery? I don't know. How do you know any words? Yeah, but like... I learned the language. When's the last time you used that word? Pardon me, sir. Could you direct me to the haberdashery? Would it be depressing if I actually answered that question honestly? I used it last time when we went to the Microsoft Xbox... Or, sorry, the Microsoft store to pre-order the Xbox and we walked past a haberdashery. That's right. I was there when that happened. <laughs> you were. I forgot about that. Wow, okay. I, I stand corrected. And we had a conversation about, man, it's kind of shocking to see a haberdashery. And if one could actually still be like a hat cobbler, does one still make hat hats? Cob well, apparently you can, but it'd have to be digital uh, released. In, I guess uh, so. Team Fortress 2. It's probably the only, uh, there's no, no more hat gnomes. They got outsourced. <laughs> Like so, I mean, I would think this would be a lot of people making money doing this, but I'm like reading like small accounts of people making money, and I remember hearing about it. Was this something that just kind of went away? And because there's nothing did recent get, about it, get this. removed like the uh, Diablo store. Oh man, the auction house. Yeah. So today, the day that the patch is actually mm -hmm. airing, when the people will be watching this for the first time, will be the ninth anniversary of the release of World of Warcraft. That's right. How, how many years? Nine years. Nine wow, years. that's crazy. Thing. And the movie's like coming out in 2015. Yeah. Did you did you hear that? They, and then it'll take nine years to forget it. They put a they put a uh, like a tent pole in the ground saying or a flag in the ground saying this is our date for the World of Warcraft movie. It's coming out I think December eighteenth, two thousand fifteen. 
And they just announced that that is also the date for Episode 7 of Star Wars. <laughs> so the World of Warcraft movie will be moving, I assume. I think it's, you think so? I think it's December 22nd. Is that, it's really close to Christmas. Yeah. Do you think really they'll close. step aside for Star Wars? Well, yeah, I, I would. Mean, Star Wars, uh, if you look at the attendance starting at Episode 4, doesn't it go uh, down, down, down? By the time I, you hit Episode 6, it was like, I can be I'll convinced. see it the weekend later after. I can be convinced. They're launching a new thing with World of Warcraft. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're staying out of the way of a Star Wars franchise. See, what That's you a do, very similar audience. Who's you go push? to the no. first movie in the morning, and then you stay and watch the second movie. What'll happen is yeah, they're going to... For free? Yeah. No, 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 pay. No, neither, pay. neither of those movies pay. will come out on that date. I guarantee you. They're, so? they're both going to They're going to push? They're too visual VFX heavy. That's true. The, those will both... And every Star Wars movie has always come out in May. I guarantee you that movie, that Star Wars movie, is going to get pushed. Well, hey, no, it's a new world, man. Uh, like we're under different leadership, leadership even here. Star Trek, would, you know, the first Star Trek, Disney which is hits also their dates. Movie was originally supposed to come out in December and also got pushed to May. Did it really? Yeah. What do you think about that? The Star Trek reboot. Great, I love it. Okay, good. So, I liked it as well. Yeah, I'm excited for to see what they do with Star Wars. Who's who's picking up Star Trek? At I, this don't, point? I don't know. I have. I don't think they've really announced plans for the next movie. Hmm. But it's got to be a trilogy, right? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> killing me. Um, You're killing me. The World of Warcraft movie may stay in December. I don't know. I, I don't think. I think they start shooting that in January. Okay. So uh, wow, that's, that is a really short timeline for that, though. Yeah. What is that? Twenty three months. I mean, I know they're using some mixture of practical and CG, but still, it's got to be a lot of computer effects. Yeah, I, I would mean, think so. I mean, half your characters probably aren't physically possible, mm -hmm. if not more than half. So nine nine years. Uh, I I spent. God knows how many hours, how many years playing World of Warcraft. Hats off to them. I can't believe that that game has been around for so long. And conceivably, at this, you know, at this rate, it's going to have been around for a decade. You know, they still have an expansion that's going to be coming out probably next year. Uh, that's amazing to me that an MMO has that much power for that long. It, I bet there's people who are so familiar with the geography of that fake world, that digital world, that they probably know that world better than this world. Yeah. You know, they can navigate. They probably walked more of it. <laughs> probably have. Yeah. Probably have. And uh, it, it's funny to think about how, and we talk about like patch notes and iterating. Uh, how about how different the game that launched was from the diff, you know, from the game that exists now? You know, there were whole areas that weren't really fleshed out at launch. There was like a lot of mechanics that didn't really work. I'm curious. So, how would you go about buying the game today? Digital. Well, no. I mean, so you you go and say, okay, I want to buy World of Warcraft. Is there any way you buy World of Warcraft that doesn't have six expansions, or is that all just part and parcel now? They, uh, yeah, there's, it's all bundled. So um, you couldn't, you couldn't get an iteration of the game without all expansions currently available. No, I think because Cataclysm so radically changed mm -hmm. the world, you know, it redefined the zones mm -hmm. that you cannot get anything that's like a pre-Cataclysm bundle. Interesting. Okay. I'm so pretty, it's all just bundle sales now. Yeah. All right. And that, and they did that for a long time pre-Cataclysm as well, mm -hmm. where. They would. It was like the Warcraft War Chest, you know, where you get the World of Warcraft yeah. game as well as the expansions. Well, I know what they used to do in a lot of those expansions was they, well, at least the ones where they'd add a, a new area is if you didn't have the expansion, you just couldn't go to that area, and you mm -hmm. still had to buy that expansion if you wanted to it's go like Grand there. Theft Auto for the yeah. open the bridges. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Which so I mean, then it was it became very cost prohibitive if you were walking into it at that point. Like, okay, well, I can play this much of the game, and then I have to pay more to get to the next area. Which, granted, it's more work. It's a more of a game, honestly. It's a new game at that point. They were good about discounting all that stuff and bundling it to keep it from getting the price from getting out of control. I mean, if you uh -huh. have to buy a game and fucking four expansions, yeah, you're looking at a lot of money. But they, it, it, from my recollection, I never had to do that. Yeah, like I got it at the beginning, so I always, you know, iterated my way up as new expansions mm -hmm. came out. 
So I have no experience about just buying the Fair game. Enough. How much do you think you spent in WoW? How much did I spend? Uh, I mean, I don't know. So um, you account for how many years? Let's see. I, I, still, I still do. <laughs> okay. Uh, so nine years? Yeah. Well, you were, I, you I, launch, I, I technically right? did not start at launch. So at so launch, eight. I, I started in January of 05. Okay. You spent $1,400 on at $15 a month, approximately, 12 months a year at eight years. You have spent $1,440. On just subscriptions. Doesn't count Doesn't game count or expansions or, or anything. Right. But that wouldn't be too much more. Yeah, another hour. couple hundred no, bucks. No, you get up close to two grand for something yeah. like that. But for eight years of entertainment? No. All right. That's, more, that's less than you pay for a cable bill. I talk to my film buddies about this all the all time. Right. Pound for pound, nothing beats video games. Even yeah. after your hardware costs of like a $500 or $400 console, you can't beat video games. I can buy, buy a $60 game and I can play that easy for 120 to 150 hours, depending on the game. True. You know. As compared to, say, a movie where you watch an hour and a half, two hours for... Yeah, ten bucks. Let's say you watch it four times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Or just go to a movie theater and you sit down for ten bucks or fifteen bucks and you watch a movie for two hours. That's seven dollars an hour. Mm -hmm. That'd be like if you translate it to a video game, if you played a video game for like eight hours, you know, and that was it. That's all you played Mm -hmm. that game for. That would be a game you were not happy with, Mm -hmm. you know. Just, Just straight dollar for dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, people who play video games, the engagement level there is incredibly high. We're all very wise of for course. choosing video games. The, uh, the, you know, for entertainment purposes, though, watching videos on the internet, that is really <laughs> where you can make a lot of money. Sometimes on your favorite YouTube channels. Sometimes on your favorite YouTube channels. <laughs> or or I read, your favorite I community one, site. <laughs> you know, the YouTube blog will post stats of, uh, you know, of, of the platform. The scary one we always talk about is how every minute that goes by – there is a hundred hours of footage uploaded, which is just crazy to think about that much content going up. But I also read one, and it's way outdated now, that the average user on YouTube watches something like 38 videos per session. Wow. Average. Average. I watch like one, and then I show it to somebody else. Like, look at this Kanye West ridiculous video. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bam. Uh, but <laughs> then, then I'm done. I don't typically watch more than one. At least I don't think I do. But every now and then I'll get to a video on YouTube where it's like, why am I watching this? And the comments are all like, why? Why am, I, why am I watching this As video? You know you've hit the end of the line when you get to the comments. They're like, yeah. what did I just see? <laughs> How did I end up here? What, what link to this? I, I really freaked Brandon out the other day when I pointed out to him that our, our YouTube account has a history. So you can see what everyone else oh, he didn't know that? our account. He didn't know watching. that? He didn't know that. Why do we have that turned on anyway? For this very I, reason, I love. I discover so many great videos <laughs> like that. It's a it's a great feature. That's true. It's, it's like a YouTube aggregator. We get to f- see what everyone else has yeah, discovered. It's like, what are the the people I work? with? the people I spend the most time with? What are they watching? Yeah, uh-huh. The crazy thing too is when you'll see like a chunk where somebody's watching a bunch of videos in a row, and you try to figure out who is this person like <laughs> following this. Trajectory. What are they looking for here? Yeah, <laughs> that they ended up and got to this. We shared the, our Reddit account and like. You can sometimes see like the previously viewed links or stuff like that, or con- so I'm just like, like stuff you've upvoted or commented on. Yeah, or I'll see comments you've made on something else too. We're not the only ones, by the way. Somebody else I saw was making comments yeah. the other day on the the Rooster Teeth uh, Reddit account. What I discovered is like I thought I saw some stuff before that our, our, our Rooster Teeth account had upvoted or downvoted, and I, I never understood why. I realized that if you have Reddit Enhancement Suite installed and you hit like certain keys on the keyboard, it automatically upvotes and downvotes stuff. Oh, I have that. Is that true? Yeah. So oh, I like know that. I think like A and S. Hmm. Uh, like a vote and down vote. So that, it could be that some people go through with RES and don't A&S. know it. And they're upvoting and downvoting stuff. I finally had somebody witness a problem I've had forever, which is I have really bad luck when I'm filling out forms. It's about 50% of the time. First of all, I'm a terrible typer, so I always have to like <laughs> correct myself in backspace. But I'll be typing a form. I go, oh, damn, and I hit backspace. 
and it goes back a page. Yeah. It does that to me all the time. And it's like and it's like I talk about it to other people and they they always like, no, it never happens. If you're not in the text field, if you're just on the web But how the hell can I be typing and not be in the text field? <laughs> That's what I don't understand. You tabbed away from it? I don't know. I don't know what's Man. happening. I think like a mouse is off it or something like I don't know how it could possibly be the case. Like I'll be typing <laughs> I misspell my own name more than anything else. I spell Buren instead of Bernie. And I hit backspace and then I'm suddenly on the back on another page. It's awful. And I hate to – people talk about first world problems. Retyping a form is like the worst thing that can happen to a person in this day and age. Yes. It's absolutely it's the worst. worst. <laughs> yeah. um, it's crazy. When I go to like my PC, my Windows PC, and it doesn't have autocorrect uh, on it uh, for like just autocorrecting my spelling the way my iPhone does, I was just like, what? Because there's so many shortcuts for like typing my email address, mm. for instance. But yeah, it's or, or like a page where you go and they've turned off autocomplete. They don't allow it. And you're like, I hate this website. I fucking hate <laughs> autocorrect because I type so many nonsense words intentionally mm-hmm. or words that aren't in the dictionary, like company names. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you meant this. Like, no, fuck you. You erase it. You type it again. Then it corrects it again. Like, fuck you. <laughs> I know what I'm typing. I just want to turn it off. I'm fucking done with it. You can totally turn it off. I'm going to. Yeah, you'll learn to hate it, not having it, though. Trust um, me. I'm a pretty good typer. Uh, so other big news that happened, I guess, after last week's patch was John Carmack left what? id software. John yeah. Carmack left id. That Which is we, crazy. We had all kind of speculated was going to happen when he announced he was taking over uh, mm-hmm. a, a position with Oculus Rift. There he is. There's the man himself. So, Can't say enough good things look, about that guy. He's got an Oculus Rift, and he's wearing glasses. Yeah. He's the CTO, though. He might Where have a special edition now? of it. He also it. made Doom 4. He did. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, I mean, it, it's it's crazy to me that people were really shocked when he took up this position working on Oculus Rift, wondering how he was going to split time. And well, here's your answer: he can't split the time. Even John Carmack does not have enough brain power, does not have enough processing power to to do that. Well, he'd been there for a while. I mean, after a while, he started it. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's been how many years now? Gosh, uh, probably twenty or so. Yeah. Because 93? He's doing change. Than 20. He's doing for a change. It's fine. When did Commander Keen come out? Well, that was Apogee, right? Yeah, you confused Halloween because you said Doom 4. And I'm like, there was a Doom 4? And I, I was like, what? There's no Doom 4. There's no Doom 4. Okay, <laughs> yeah, no. You confused the hell out of me. I was like, what the hell? Did I miss an iteration of Doom? But it actually, it was a, a multi-platform game they were making. And they completely, they announced it in 2008. And they completely restarted development in 2011. Wow. Can you restarting development three years in? And I'm sure crazy. they got to a point where their engine just wasn't up to snuff and had to take it back to development. Yeah, when you're id, who do you blame for the engine not exactly. being up to snuff? It's like, it's like the guy across the room. It's like, hey, John, get to work a little harder. <laughs> um, so one other thing I want to mention before we wrap up here is that uh, the rumor that Telltale is potentially working on the Game of Thrones uh, right. game in a similar vein to The Walking Dead. Okay. So, Similar uh, vein to Walking Dead might be interesting. I yeah. think it, the the Telltale format that they have established at this point. Uh, did you guys play uh, Wolf Among Us? It's time I played it. I played it. The, the 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 format they've established lends itself very well to graphic novels and novels. And I've read the graphic novels for Game of Thrones too. Um, so I think that it, it could do very well there. I think Telltale could do a great Harry Potter game if they wanted to. I, I guess the interesting the, the question with that is uh, the Game of Thrones series seems so built on the characters that actually have large political influence. But usually the other, or at least with Walking Dead, the characters exist outside of the main storyline. Well, so, in the Game of Thrones books, yeah. there are expanded characters who do have a lot of influence that you don't necessarily see in the okay. TV show. Do you think so, maybe it's following one of the ancillary It could be an ancillary character who's in the book, not the show, or someone who's observing all of it from another perspective. Would you want to play that? Would you want to play a game where you've already, let's say, you, I mean, I assume read the books or watched the show, 
so you know kind of the general thrust of the the you know storyline and where everything's going. Seems like you would want to have a story that was unique to itself for a game like that. I mean, you could do a like, oh, we're just following the book game, but I mean, mo- much like with movie games, those don't always. It is a little really tough because you would know what choices to make, yeah. which are critical. Yeah, yeah, you would say like, well, this is how this character interacts with this character. Yeah, like Cersei and Tyrion interact in this way. I wouldn't go outside of that. So yeah, I would think that they would have to create their own little segment of the world. Now maybe right. there's lots of parts of the world that aren't really talked about in. Uh, Game of Thrones. I mean, the places where Daenerys is. I can't say her name properly. Daenerys. Yeah, I don't watch the show. I only read them. So. <laughs> oh, right. So your pronunciations are completely different. Yeah, so my pronunciations. Daenerys, huh? That's I interesting. I'm completely wrong. That's interesting. Uh, I saw a lady at Austin Comic Con. She was dressed up as the mother of dragons, and she had her kids all as dragons. That's Aww. really funny. It was really, I thought, yeah, you'd like it. Like, had some little babies like with her that were all dragoned up. <laughs> all right, well, we're at time. It's I will say this, though. I'm very happy to hear that. I like Telltale Games a lot, but they, I, I, could put out a call, please change the name of the company. Because every time I hear Telltale, I get confused with Traveler's Tale. And I, I thought, they're making a Lego <laughs> Game of Thrones game. Every time I hear those two company names, I get wow. them mixed up with each other. And a Lego Game of Thrones game got me super excited. What a crossover that would be. It would be the only Lego game that no kid could ever play. Well, that's the thing. You know, uh, I've always heard that there's an unofficial rule that Lego does not do any mature-rated or R-rated content. So it would be a Mega Bloks Game of Thrones. It's why Halo, yeah. or the, I've always heard about Halo and World of Warcraft and, you know, StarCraft and everything. They don't have Legos for that. Mm. They have them with other brands. Yeah. Mega and those Box. brands do very well because yeah. Lego doesn't do it. So. Also, congrats to Star Citizen for making lots of money. $31 million. Yep. That was another thing I wanted to talk about. All right. Well, thanks for watching, everyone. We'll be back on Monday fun. with RT Podcast and next Wednesday with the patch. Thanks, John Carmack, for many years of awesome gaming.